back to the Avon Space Dermatology Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Putman, and this is episode 85, Challenging Wisely, How to Move Beyond 1 Milligram Per Kilogram Then Taper. This was published by Shannon Tai and myself in the Journal of Rheumatology in mid-April. Now, periodically, I like to take a break from discussing randomized controlled trials and such to go over an editorial or some other thought-provoking thing that I have written that I hope you also find interesting. So today, I'm just going to read an editorial that we wrote and published in Rheumatology. So with that, here goes. For over 50 years, systemic glucocorticoids have been the backbone of induction therapy for severe rheumatic diseases. Regimens built upon one milligram per kilogram then taper strategies often reverse organ-threatening manifestations, but cumulative steroid exposure causes substantial morbidity. This includes dose-dependent increased rates of infection, osteoporotic fractures, cardiovascular disease, to name a few. Clinical practice guidelines have endorsed prophylaxis, close monitoring, and risk mitigation to reduce the likelihood of these events, but in many cases, adherence by rheumatologists has been inadequate. A more straightforward way to address glucocorticoid toxicity would be to simply reduce the cumulative exposure to corticosteroids. Recent trials in inca associated vasculitis and systemic lupus erythematosus have made efforts in this direction by challenging the 1 mg per kilogram then taper paradigm. They have also provided important insights into how corticosteroid limiting progress should be made, how it may fall short, and where it could go awry. First, the ideal world. Alterations to the conventional wisdom happen slowly in science, as new data slowly erode prior standards of care. In the case of ink of associative vasculitis, this began with Pexavas. The Pexavas investigator-initiated randomized controlled trial was designed to evaluate the role of plasma exchange in severe ankylosis by the use of a 2x2 factorial design allowed for the simultaneous investigation of a 1 mg per kilogram corticosteroid regimen against a regimen that cut cumulative corticosteroid exposure in half. Participants who received the low-dose regimen ultimately experienced a similar time to all-cause mortality or in-stage renal disease with fewer infectious complications. Participants enrolled in the PEXVAS trial had severe ankylosis, suggesting that a lower still regimen could be possible for select patients. More recently, the LOVAS trial assessed just such a regimen among patients with predominantly MPO ankylosis. Those with severe glomerulonephritis or diffuse alveolar hemorrhage were excluded. Participants received less than a third of a 1 mg per kilogram then taper regimen. And, similar to PEXVAS, participants had similar rates of remission while suffering fewer glucocorticoid-related adverse events. High-quality data change practice and guidelines for ankyl-associated vasculitis published in 2021 appropriately endorsed the low-dose regimen from PEXVAS. Notably, LOVAS was not available at the time. How this may fall short. What about none? Ostensibly, the recently published Advocate trial crossed that Rubicon, assessing the C5A inhibitor of vacapam and no steroids against a PEXVAS-style steroid taper. At 52 weeks, the avacapan group had lower rates of relapse while suffering fewer adverse events. Notably, 86% of patients in the Avacapan group also received off-protocol steroids, though much of this can be attributed to pre-administration of solumedrol from rituximab administrations. Rituximab was also not redosed at 26 weeks as per the current standard of care, making it difficult to interpret results at 52 weeks. These limitations notwithstanding, participants in the Avacapan group of Advocate received less than 15% of the cumulative steroid dose of participants in the 1 mg per kilogram than taper group in Pexavas, a potentially paradigm-shifting result. Encouraging though this may be, Advocate also illustrates where steroid taper progress may fall short. First, the trial was designed before Pexavas, or Lovas, where results were known. 
The investigator ulti investigators ultimately guessed correctly, but background therapies and comparator groups in RCTs should ideally reflect the current standard of care. Second, the surprisingly low dose of steroids in the LOVAS trial suggested that some patients may require very little, if any, steroids on top of rituximab and rituximab-associated pre-medications. It seems plausible that some patients with good prognostic factors could have received neither background steroids nor Avacpan. In the wake of Advocate, however, it seems unlikely that trials investigating this question will be conducted. A cautionary tale. The recent history of trials in lupus nephritis highlight how steroid taper progress could go further awry. While there is substantial heterogeneity in institutional policies and physician practices, both pivotal RCTs and practicing clinicians have often used 1 mg per kilogram than taper regimens. These practices were not based on high-quality evidence, and many trials using such regimens in lupus nephritis were unsuccessful. These failures have reasonably been attributed to both the underlying heterogeneity of lupus and to the vexing idiosyncrasies of lupus outcome measures. It has also been suggested that trials will not be successful, quote, unless something is done to minimize the proportion of placebo responders, end quote. Because investigators have limited control over the placebo effect, quote, minimizing the proportion of placebo responders, end quote, often means minimizing the response to background therapies, whether by requiring lower doses of mycophenolate or reducing corticosteroid exposure. Both strategies were used in the development program for the novel calcineurin inhibitor, Vonclosporin, which placed restrictions on mycophenolate, moftil, and adopted a reduced-dose corticosteroid regimen. The placebo tapering regimen for the Aura and Aurora trials began at 25 mg and tapered to zero by week 16, a surprisingly fast regimen for many clinicians. Within this context, Voclosporin successfully met its primary endpoint of complete renal response. Additionally, the authors concluded that, quote, a rapidly tapered low-dose steroid regimen can be effective in the treatment of lupus nephritis, end quote. Neither trial tested this question, as both used a reduced-dose regimen. In fact, only two small RCTs to date have actually compared a standard-dose corticosteroid regimen to a reduced-dose corticosteroid regimen in lupus nephritis, one of which observed a significantly higher rate of flares among patients randomized to a reduced-dose regimen. Given this uncertainty, definitive comparative effectiveness RCTs are necessary. Instead, it seems possible that such RCTs will never be conducted, as clinical trials have embraced low-dose regimens and the 2019 ULAR guidelines for lupus nephritis endorse a low-dose regimen for induction therapy. Unlike the guidelines for ANC-associated vasculitis, these guidelines did not cite high-quality data that established the adequacy of such a reg regimen in a rigorous fashion. Rather, they cited the development program for Voclosporin. Challenging wisely in rheumatology. Ideally, reduced-dose glucocorticoid regimens will be studied across rheumatic diseases in a series of adequately powered randomized controlled trials. Recent success in ANC-associated vasculitis suggests that such trials are both feasible and impactful. The alternatives, either continuing to use 1 mg per kilogram than taper regimens, or adopting reduced-dose regimens prior to generating supporting data, should both be discouraged. Challenges to the conventional wisdom of 1 mg per kilogram than taper are long overdue, but we must challenge wisely if we wish to establish new practices on firm foundation. All right, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this. It was just a quick reading of an editorial that we wrote on an issue that I think is pretty important. I think the content mostly stands for itself. So if you have any further thoughts, please uh, reach out to me on Twitter. You can find me at EB Room. And as always, have a great week.